Thanks so much to True Leaf Market, my sponsors for the next three months for supporting On The Ledge. This Utah-based seed company has been helping gardeners grow since 1974. So what they don't know about sowing and raising healthy plants, well, it's probably not worth knowing. So why not give them a try? US listeners get 10% off your first purchase at trueleafmarket.com now using the code ONTHELEDGE. Whether you're after some kit to get going with hydroponics, looking for stackable planters for your herbs, or investing in a whole heap of seeds to sow this year, True Leaf Market has everything you need. And their products come with a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so I don't think you're going to be disappointed. So get 10% off your first purchase at trueleafmarket.com by using the code ONTHELEDGE. True Leaf Market, bringing the seed you need. Welcome to On The Ledge Podcast, the show whose sole mission is to make you fall completely and utterly in love with houseplants. One of the great things about my job is that I get to go to places that other people just don't get to go. And one of the big highlights of the year for me is the Chelsea Flower Show. I spent two days there this week on the Sunday and the Monday before the show opened to the public. Yes, how lucky am I? Working on a piece for The Guardian, who I regularly write for. But also I managed to fit in some interviews with houseplanty people, which I'm bringing you this week. We'll be hearing from two cactus growers and an air plant expert in this week's episode straight from the Chelsea Flower Show. And I'll also be bringing you some more general impressions of the show, including the role of houseplants at Chelsea. And I'll be answering a question about a pie layer with a poorly leaf. Thanks to my new Patreon supporters this week, Laura, Rachel, Drew, Sally and Crab Lady. Thanks to all of you for committing to donate $5 a month to keep On The Ledge on the go. If you'd like to donate but you just don't know how, check out my show notes at janeperone.com for full details. Also, a reminder that I'm still really keen to hear what you love about On The Ledge for my 100th episode. Come on, don't be shy. I want to hear your voices. So flip out your smartphone and get recording a little voice memo for me and bung it over to me so that you can hear yourself, your own voice immortalised on the 100th episode of On The Ledge. What an amazing opportunity. Please do come forward. Uh, If you're super shy and you don't want to say anything on tape, then you can always just drop me an email with some words in it too. Thanks for all the lovely feedback on the Peter D'Amato episodes. It's clear that you all really loved hearing from him and it was so much fun to do. I've got lots of exciting episodes in the pipeline. But if there's something you'd like me to tackle in the show, then I'd love to hear what that is as I start planning for the rest of the year. So drop me a line to ontheledgepodcast.gmail.com and tell me what topics you want to know about. I'm hoping to have an episode on peperomias coming up. Also, the long-awaited spider plants episode will be coming. But if there's any other plants that you'd particularly like me to cover, then do let me know and I will add it to my list. 
because many of the episodes that I put out are inspired by listener ideas because you guys are full of great thoughts. So please do share your ideas with me and you never know, you might be hearing that idea brought to life on On The Ledge podcast before you know it. Also, a shout out this week to my listeners in Canada. I have realised recently that there's another podcast in Canada called On The Ledge, and I think it's a politics one. I hope it's not too confusing for you having two podcasts called On The Ledge. The other one's produced by CBC Radio, and it's described as a weekly CBC podcast that makes Saskatchewan politics personal. I'm not sure what the Venn diagram of people who listen to both podcasts called On The Ledge is, but I would love to know if that applies to any of you. Um, But I've noticed that not many of you have left a review on Apple Podcasts or indeed anywhere else. So come on, Canadian listeners, please front up and leave a review for On The Ledge. I know you're out there, all you Canadians. So go on, do me a favour and leave me a review. The Chelsea Flower Show. What is it? Where is it? What is it about? Well, I guess it's probably one of the world's best known flower shows, partly because it's been around for a very, very long time, over a hundred years. And it takes place in a very prestigious part of London in Chelsea at the Chelsea Hospital, uh, which is home to lots of retired veterans. And this is really the show that brings together the creme de la creme of British horticulture to celebrate all things plants. The main show gardens outside, well, there aren't many houseplants on display there, but go into the Great Pavilion and the place is absolutely packed with amazing stands from nurseries from all around the UK. And here is really where the houseplant aficionado can get your fix. I'd love to suggest to the RHS that they group together all of the indoor plant stands together so that you can see them and wander around uh, if you're a houseplant enthusiast you can see everything together I will suggest that to them because otherwise you have to spend the whole time crossing this huge enormous white tent that is the Great Pavilion I don't know how big it is but it's it's flipping enormous I can tell you uh, looking for the relevant stands that you want to see and there are quite a few that are relevant for us houseplant lovers I managed to speak to three nursery people for this episode and we're going to start out with a chat with the lovely Andy of Andy's Air Plants. Now if you listen closely to On The Ledge you may have heard Andy mentioned before because James Wong and Rob Stakovitz, two of our former guests, are both fans and have bought plants from him in the past. So it was wonderful to see Andy's first ever display at Chelsea and boy was it gorgeous. Check out my show notes at janeperone.com for some pictures. I wanted to find out from Andy why he loves these plants and and what it takes to bring a beautiful display like this to Chelsea. Hello there, my name's Andy uh, and I'm from Penzance in Cornwall uh, and I grow air plants and bromeliads uh, and this is my first year at Chelsea Flower Show uh, and I've created this lovely display uh, of upright branches covered in uh, epiphytes. Um, the display is completely uh, made up of members of the bromeliad family um, we've got the true air plants, which are the um, genus Tillandsia, um, up on the branches. Uh, lower down on the branches, we've got other genera within the bromeliad family, the Neorigelias, um, Bilbergias and Echmias. And then on the ground here, we've got the terrestrial members of the family, which is the Puyas and, and Dickias and Deuteroconias and a few other things. I think you're underplaying it by saying it's lovely, Andy, because it is 
it's more than lovely i just want to climb in there and lie down and have a nice little rest because it just looks okay. so beautiful and well it's it's i want to say it's not really verdant because the color of, of air plants is is this wonderful silvery um yeah. glaucous yeah. feel T- tell us why why are air plants like how they are what, what what is the adaptation they've got to adapt to their environment that makes them like that okay well air plants in the wild uh, uh, just to say the whole bromeliad family is south and central america uh, and the southern states of america um, and they fill a real niche in the wild uh, by growing on other plants uh, which is what the word epiphyte means um, and uh, they're highly specialized plants um, and they grow by w- without any roots in the soil or earth the roots on these plants are only for attaching to a surface um, which can be a tree or a cliff face um, or they even grow on the roofs of houses uh, uh, and pylons even and things like that because they have a windborne uh, seed like a dandelion seed um, so highly adapted plants they survive on very low nutrients uh, only the nutrients that they get from uh, rainwater uh, and mist um, and they have a special type of photosynthesis as well um, whereby the stomata are closed up during the day uh, and they release the, the gases um, created by photosynthesis uh, overnight. Um, Is that the legendary crashulation acid metabolism? Exactly. I love saying that. I just that's like right. sounding yeah. clever by Beautiful. saying that. It rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? <laughs> it's so wonderful, that's, isn't it? That's uh, CAM photosynthesis, cam, yes, yeah. indeed. Yeah, that's right. It just makes me sound yeah. really clever when I say that. I just enjoy it. <laughs> but that's a good skill to have, isn't it, to be able to do that so that you're adapted. You know, I mean, that, yeah, that absolutely. must be absolutely key to their survival. Yeah, yeah, they're very unique in the plant world. They're incredible things. And like you say, all the colours uh, and the different shades. Um, the textures they're just the most wonderful plants they really are incredible things you know and Um, you must be happy that everyone suddenly well not suddenly but in the last few years air plants have gone from kind of gone from zero to hero haven't they yeah yeah, I mean I think in the sort of 80s there was this idea that oh there are these plants you can just stick on a rock and and they're they're kind of half dead and you don't do anything with them now we've got a whole new understanding or the general public of 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 how these plants work and how brilliant they are is that a good feeling for you as a yeah absolutely well what what I want to do is promote horticulture botany uh, gardening and growing plants as a hobby and an interest for people um, and air plants, they're a little bit more accessible now. Um, you, you can get hold of them. They're highly collectible. Uh, and once you master growing them, uh, once you get to get the gist of growing them, which is basically good light levels and regular misting and air movement, um, the key's in the name there, air plants, mm. um, you, you, you know, you can start growing more of them. There's always something new there. You've got uh, tillandsias that change color. You've got scented flowers all different colour flowers they're just endlessly uh, interesting plants is that where people go wrong with them in terms of the air circulation they get them wet and then they're kind of left wet and not allowed to dry out and therefore rot sets in is that one of the main ways people kill them yeah that is absolutely correct Um, most of these silver ones um, and some of the really common ones like the iron anthers they want that quick drying they, they don't want to be dunked, you know, they don't want water sitting in the rosettes uh, all day long. The difference is, is 
Most of them are um, what we call xerophytic growing, which is dry growing, um, and they like that wetting and drying between uh, between watering. They want to dry out completely, you know. Uh, and and the other type is the mesic growing, uh, and they're the more greener species, um, and they can stay wet for longer. So, for instance, some of the silver ones are epiphytes on cacti in deserts and the only moisture they get is the dew evaporating in the morning and the humidity goes up a little bit overnight and then they get cooked during the day. Whereas the um, mesic ones are more sort of cloud forest plants or they come from lower down in the canopies, like, for instance, Bulbosa and Butsii, which are growing in, the, in, the, um, in Florida um, in swamps. Uh, so you can see there's there's so it's really important when you're buying an air plant to know what you've got got in that yeah you you that care regime is going to be slightly different for different that's plants that's correct yes, that's correct and the, i guess that's the where you, you know good labeling comes in and that's doing right. a bit of research when you buy something that's right and also and going to a specialist advice. nursery that's right that's very important yeah, yeah yeah and do you sell what's your do you, customer base if you sell it's mail order around the uk yeah that's right so i'm uh, andy's air plants um and i've got a huge range uh, in the collection and a very good range for sale as well and I give really good advice because I've got the experience of, of growing them successfully um, in, in my uh, uh, greenhouse down down in Cornwall um, yeah and yeah. how did this all come about have you been loving these plants since you were little or is this did you do botany at university or how did it all come I, about I've studied botany with the um, RHS mm-hmm. um, and I've been a keen I've been a working gardener for the last 20 years uh, and a very keen plantsman uh, on various plants really Um, uh, and and I've seen come across the air plants because I'm into weird unusual uh, and interesting plants really Um, I I bought a few about a decade ago and then a few more I've killed a few you know and succeeded with a few (laughs) and and the collection has just grown and and I I find myself uh, more and more interested in them I mean there's uh, of the genus Tillandsia there's nearly 700 species uh, and there's hybrids uh, man-made and natural hybrids so there's just an endless amount of plants and I'm always coming across new ones and there'll be new ones out there in the wild as well you know and you've got these beautifully displayed on these branches is that how you recommend displaying Tillandsia because if you look on Instagram there are myriad pictures of yeah, air plants yeah. in all kinds of crazy displays yeah. I mean it is it, for you is this the ultimate way of doing it or is it just a question of style uh, it's a question of style really the, the first ones I bought I, I put them on lovely ornamental bits of driftwood um, but now the collection has grown to n- number hundreds uh, of species um, I, I generally with the Tillandsias I just hang them on a bit of wire um, uh, yeah yeah well, I guess when you've got when your collection gets really large, then you've got to, you know. But I guess you know when I went to see Rob Stackovitz uh, in a previous episode of the podcast, and I believe he's yeah. one of your customers. He has a, a lovely branch displaying a, a, a set of Tillandsias, and it really looked great. Yeah. And I can see how the benefit of having them all in one place, where you can keep an eye on them and keep them happy yeah. in that setting together, and also it's kind of echoing how they might. Growing in the wild, in the which wild, yeah, some yeah, people yeah. get a kick out of. I guess some people want to display them in a kind of very modernist way or minimalist way. Yeah. Um, I guess that's the joy in that they, they can be adapted to different yeah. kind of settings. Tell me a little about bit, bit about the puyas and the dickias because these are possibly a little bit less well known, but that's right. They yeah, are yeah. awesome. I mean, this dickier <clears> here. Uh, 
Gerengii, I'm going to guess. Yeah, yeah. That's a, just a wonderful looking plant. It's, it's kind of like it? the yeah. punk yeah. rocker of the really um, Romeliab yeah. world. Uh, what's the care like for these terrestrial, are these terrestrial ones? That's correct, yeah. So they're terrestrial bromeliads, uh, basically pot plants. A, f a few of them are hardy uh, in the UK, especially the Puyas. Some of the Puyas are quite hardy. Um, Dickias and the Puyas, they're very, very prickly plants. Um, and some of the Dickia hybrids have got fantastic names like Snaggletooth and, uh, <laughs> uh, and Jaws and things like this. And they're generally quite hard to get hold of. Um, uh, uh, which is which is uh, make, makes them all the more sought after. Indeed, really. well, yes. Yeah. If it's something <laughs> that's, right. that's going to be rare, everyone wants one. Yeah. Well, they are really beautiful. Yeah. Well, it's a gorgeous display. I really hope you get a gold for this, Andy. Well, by the time my podcast much. comes out, we will know. But I'll Excellent. give you a cheer. Um, but um, it's looking wonderful. And um, it, this is your first Chelsea. Yep. Do you think you're going to come back? Is this? Oh you yeah, I'll be back here. No, I'll be back here every year. I'm Brilliant. loving it. Absolutely Brilliant. loving it. I love all the shows. Well, have a really good day. Yeah. I hope you get lots of people coming by and wondering at your amazing display and um, I'll get, have to get you back on the show for a full episode on Airpart soon. Coming up shortly I speak to two expert cactus growers at Chelsea but first let's hear from the second of this week's sponsors. This week's On The Ledge is supported by Growth Technology, the nutrient company that helps your houseplants thrive. If you want to keep orchids in tip-top condition, Growth Technology is there to help. Their Orchid Focus Bloom can help you produce brighter, longer-lasting flowers, while Orchid Focus Grow is formulated to provide all the nutrients needed for healthier, more vigorous plants. Or use their Orchid Mist to spray roots and leaves with a targeted foliar feed and keep humidity up around your plants. And when it comes time for repotting, Orchid Focus Repotting Mix contains the perfect balance between moisture retention and aeration with graded bark and blended fibre chips. Visit Growth Technologies website focus-on-plants.com for loads of great advice on taking care of your orchids and other houseplants. You'll find Growth Technologies products available online and in many good garden centres and nurseries across the UK. So choose Growth Technology for healthy, happy houseplants. Now it's time to get back to the Chelsea Flower Show. I like nothing more than looking at a gorgeous display of cacti and succulents. And there were two stands which I just had to visit. The first is Craig House Cacti, run by business partners Stan Griffin and Vicky Newman from West Bromwich in the UK. And they are multi-award winning cactus growers who stand out from the crowd in their beautiful bespoke cactus themed outfits they have a different one every year for Chelsea so I was delighted to catch up with them at this year's show and of course also get to see the delightful Parodia Warasii that is called Popsy forget your Kardashians your Kylie's and your Tom Cruises. When it comes to celebrities, I like celebrities with spines, and that's why I love Popsy the Cactus. I'm Vicky Newman from Craig House Cacti. Vicky, I'm so glad that you've got the star of the show, Popsy, the parodia in this in not it's not quite in the centre, but that wonderful cactus is always always comes with you to shows. Uh, more often than not, we more do often than not. times. Yeah, well, she's she's done the she did more than. 
uh, last weekend and now she's had to come to Chelsea. I just love the idea that a cactus can be a celebrity. I think that's yeah. that's for me the ultimate kind of celebrity, a cactus. You've got a beautiful display here. It's a really nice big stand you've got this year and there are so many things that are catching my eye. I'm loving those huge Euphorbia Ingains variegata at the back there. How do you keep them so straight? Because my one just doesn't want to stay straight. Is it a natural growth it's thing? Natural growth. Um, yeah. As long as it's got plenty of light, then hopefully yep. it will maintain the straightness. But sometimes they will veer off, but there isn't a lot you can do about no. it. And as long as you give them plenty of water as well through the summer, that'll yep. keep them straight because you've got to remember the water's got to go right from the bottom up to the top mm -hmm. to keep the tall plants straight. These euphorbias are hugely popular now, aren't they? I'm seeing them absolutely everywhere. But I imagine that variegated one is probably quite a rarity. Yeah, the variegated, variegated one is unusual. Um, but they, they are used more now, especially for the structure of them. Yes. They're yeah. used in apartments, especially mm -hmm. in London, I think, because they can somehow manage it. But as long as they've got light, again, they all need the light. But they are unusual, the variegated ones. Well, they're absolutely beautiful. And you've, you've really got an, a really nice display of the, the array of different plants that cacti and succulents can, uh, yeah. the family embraces. Yeah. It's, it's really lovely. We try to show different things. Yes. Not just, you know, what everybody associates a cactus, that it's just a green thing. But exactly. We try and get lots of different structures and what have you. So, yes. Tell me a bit about um, this plant here. I was going to say that was a, uh, it looks a little bit like a, a silver squill, but it's not. It's a le leafy yeah. uh, plant. It, it does look like a scylla. We thought it was a scylla, oh, a scylla. to start okay. with, but it's a dimi dimiopsis. Um, it's, it's treated exactly the same as a succulent. It is a succulent plant, but right. the flowers are so tiny. And it's a bulb that will keep spreading, right. as, as bulbs do. Yeah. That's, and is that quite rare? Is that it's I've unusual. Not seen, it's yeah. unusual. Okay. We've and not had them since. Well, we've only had them like this year. We managed to get some bulbs, but oh. they are unusual. You and don't what, see them anymore. That's amazing. And when it comes to colour, we've got the beautiful, beautiful flowering cacti here. Some of these, just the day glow orange of That's that. Very, very vibrant. Very vibrant. It is very vibrant. Do you have you had any bees coming in and enjoying the flowers? Um, no, not so plenty plenty at the glass house at home. Yeah. But we haven't had any coming here at the moment. Oh, okay. Well it's a it's a really gorgeous display. And I think Thank that's people wonder how to get cacti to flower. Is it a maturity thing? Do they need no, to get no, to a certain no, size no, or is no. it just water good care? And feed. Right. Water and feed. We can flower them at well four or five years old from seed but you must water a good soaking once a week from March to October go with the clocks from October to March absolutely nothing if you give them any water then you will stop them flowering and they also need a good feed through the summer but not baby bio miracle grow a proper cactus feed very very high in potash with trace elements like zinc and magnesium that these plants absolutely love and that's the key to it. And, key and, to it. and once you've got them flowering, that is a, it's They'll a wonderful sight, isn't it? Then as yeah. Well. Once, yeah. once you start the flower, they will flower every year. Yes, and that for me is a great joy. The flowers don't necessarily individually last very long, but you get such a gorgeous display. It's a, such a yeah. treat when a cactus and flowers. Yeah, they do it? keep flowering quite a few weeks. There are some that mm. only flower overnight, but there are a lot that will keep flowering for two, three weeks. And some longer. of them are scented? 
Uh, you, yeah, there is an echinopsis that is scented. There's not too many scented cactus flowers, I must admit. I'm just thinking, the one I'm thinking of actually is uh, echinopsis. Uh, well, I'm, I'm thinking of um, ex- echinopsis subdenudata. That one. That's yeah, which smells like, uh, to me it smells like washing powder. I don't know if it's just it me, yeah, yeah. but um, that uh, yeah. I've got that, and it, oh, the smell yeah. always just yeah. just takes it transports me night. to a laundry. Yeah. Queen of the night is, is <laughs> yes. the big one. The big yeah, dinner yeah. plates overnight, but you have to be through the night to smell that because that's when it flowers. And it's dead the next morning. You've got so. to get up in the middle of the night just exactly. for your cactus. Well, yes. that's the kind of dedication yeah. that we like to see. Um, well, it's wonderful talking to you, Vicky, and um, good luck for this week. I hope you get a gold. It's m- most deserved, and that you get lots of attention, lots of house plants here at Chelsea this yes. year so hopefully you'll get a big a big um, crowd of uh, yes. admirers hopefully. and tell me where you where you're based and you're you're a mail order and in person or just no, mail order we only do the flower shows we don't oh, okay. do mail order yeah but we're just outside Birmingham West Bromwich beautiful well it's really not and you're wearing as usual wearing your beautiful cactus outfit you've gone the whole hog which is wonderful to see and you've even got cactus brooch which i nearly put on my cactus brooch this morning and didn't so uh it's wonderful to see you again vicky thank you so much thank you thanks a lot i should say that both andy's air plants and craig house cacti secured gold medals at the show so congratulations to both of them and finally i'm speaking to another cactus and succulent grower who also secured a gold medal it's ottershaw cacti run by daniel jackson and his wife joanne this berkshire based cactus nursery is home to not one but three national plant collections of Haworthia, Astroloba and Gasteria. So Daniel really knows his stuff. He's a little bit shy, so his wife Joanne was helping him out in this interview. And do check out the show notes for some pictures of their stand. And I'm hoping to get down to Ottershaw Cacti in Berkshire before long to bring you a whole episode looking at those particular succulent specialisms. But for now, let's hear from Daniel and Joanne about their brand new Ionium Hybrid. I'm here on the Ottershaw Cacti stand, getting blown away yet again by your lovely display guys. Um, Thank you. Tell me something interesting about this going on. Tell me about your new plant, your new, uh, is it, I want to say, I never know whether it's Aeonium or Ionium. Does it matter? I don't think it matters. It doesn't matter really, does it? Night's Watch. What's the, what's the USP of this plant? What, why, what were you aiming for when you bred this particular plant? just something different to what's already out there it's not has it, it's a schwar, it's a um tell me the name it's a, it's a hybrid it's a hybrid. cross between schwarzkopf and yep. um firecracker so it's nice and dark but yep. it's freely branching and it's we've got three layers of branching there and it's kind of making a pyramid structure all round and it looks um quite impactful it's really nice is that up for chelsea plant of the year is that you we put did it put it in but we we um we don't know who's actually won didn't make the final oh i can't believe it no that is brutal (laughs) well it's it's a brutal business chelsea um what's nice about this display is it does give you a sense of the range of different things that are within the cactus and succulent family immediate things that catch my eye here are the uh bacania ricovata in the center which people are kind of surprised is in this family really but it's such a popular plant now yeah um Tell me a bit about looking after that. 
Is it just uh, is it just a sort of a, a super easy cast iron plant that won't die, or are there any ways that you can, <laughs> that you can kill uh, it? <laughs> we do give it a bit of shade. And yep. We also give it a bit more water than most of the other things, just to stop the tips of the leaves from dying back. Because it's got this swollen stem at the bottom. Is that storing water for the plant? Is that the yeah. purpose of it? Yeah. Does that mean then that if you if you overwater it, you're going to rot the plant? Is that is that possible? Uh, well, yes, potentially. And we, we always find multiple ways of killing plants. Well, I do anyway. <laughs> You're more likely to kill a succulent by overwatering than you are by not watering. So we right. always give advice to people to say, if you're in doubt, don't water it. Leave it, leave it a few days, even a week, and then water it. Because I, and it's amazing how they will recover. I had a lot of cacti that I hadn't watered over winter at all, and they'd gone kind of slightly shriveled. And I was panicking a little bit, and then I thought, no, hold your line. It's going to be fine. And they, they, it feels like they've doubled in size. They've suddenly just gone whoop after they've been watered. You have, I guess that's what they do in the wild. That's what their natural yeah, cycle is. Yeah, yeah. You'd have to be careful with the first couple of waterings that you yeah. don't give them too much and make yeah. them split I mean there's a few right. varieties that would just split Lophophora mm. williamsii is one that you'd have to be careful with initially uh-huh. yeah. mm. apart from the Bocania is there anything else that you can grow if you don't have a really super sunny spot are there any succulents that will grow in slightly shadier yeah, spots yeah Morthias Gasterias they're excellent for shade um, Senecio Rolianus as well it's another one Serapedia woodii Stringer Hearts that's very popular hearts, lately yes, that is very popular especially yeah. the variegated yeah. one which oh, I yes. just got some cuttings off yeah very listener, good which is nice um, <laughs> yeah the Hallworthias are, are interesting I, I got sent some from a guy a breeder in um, America and it seems like they're a plant that people go really I mean some of the some of the plants on his website are sort of three thousand dollars and things wow. well, not, not the ones he sent me obviously but um, <laughs> well I hope not anyway um, what is it about those Haworthias that makes them so I, I mean they are beautiful plants but they seem to attract a particular passion do you think it's to do with the, the, those windowed leaves that some of them have or well the, the other world a massive group and yeah. they look very very different mm-hmm. um, but yeah there seems to be a real market for um, Hawarthias in Japan and Asia yeah um, and I think that's a lot to do with variegation and as you say the windows in the leaves mm-hmm. yeah variegation is so big isn't it um, and you've got, have you got any echeverias here that you need to tell me about that are I mean, the co- is that Compton Carousel yeah. there? That's yeah. still, yeah, still love so popular. Yeah, well, my, my, my phone uh, wallpaper is a picture of your Compton Carousel. On my <laughs> Because I love daily. it so much. <laughs> I think of you daily, yes, whenever I look at my phone. Um, you know, it's my, like, succulent goals uh, plant. Echeveria pinky, that's quite a delicate one. Oh, on the, on the right yes, there with the beautiful nice. pinky grey leaves. And then um, the... Um, We've got this one here, Lilacina oh, and Pollux, beautiful. beautiful flowers that I have hanging out. Yeah. And this um, this one, I think, the Secunda Glauca, that's beautiful as well. Is that the green version? That's the green version of um, Compton Carousel. Oh, so I see. The, yeah. Hmm. And what the, the main thing I see with, with Echeverias is people with ones that have gone in a big, long firework. Mm because they haven't given it enough light. I mean, it, when if you've got a plant like that that you've 
allowed to get really etiolated and leggy. Is there any way back? What can you? Is there anything um, yes. you can do yeah, to solve the problem? Cut out the, the tip and reroute it. Uh, probably about the top two inches. Dry it and, out and give it. Yeah, you've got to dry it out for two weeks before you pot it into some fresh compost. Um, and or you could take leaf cuttings and try from that right and they do go quite quickly from leaf cuttings don't they once they get going yeah. it's you know they reproduce quite nice quickly. pretty compost and away they go yeah yeah and and obviously if they start producing babies you can remove those yeah, definitely and uh just have to make sure nobody goes takes any <laughs> takes any of your Compton Carousel babies I know. off. Well, we've got some for sale if they want. Oh those. well, there you go, there you go. Well, that's good. I, that's excellent. Well, I really hope you get a goal for this display Thank and you. Um, onwards and upwards for offshore cacti. And Thank you. We, we were just saying before we started recording that you know so many younger people are really getting in, really into cacti and succulents. So hopefully, um, you might get some attention, media attention other than obviously on the ledge podcast that will inspire young people and also helpfully hopefully help people to look after their plants of that a little bit better because i think that's the disappointing thing when you go and buy you know people go to urban outfitters and buy yes. a cactus that's been and take it home for weeks in, yeah in a and it's packet and it's that, not great yeah i mean do you find do you get people kind of asking for advice and and just you need to start from the very basics of where people don't know anything have you yeah. got it's good though that people are even wanting of to course. try and buy yeah. these buy these plants and even yeah. because they look so beautiful they at least they're having a go yes um, and, and it's that's good how that you they're learn, coming to it? ask for the information and yeah. the bcss which is the british cactus and succulent society it's a wonderful national collection of people all over the country that have got the same interest with a wealth of knowledge and even cuttings and seeds if you're lucky yes no so that's right and, bcss yeah. meetings are a very good place to get hold of some interesting plants so um yeah it's great to see your display and uh, best of luck i hope it all goes well i'm going to take another photo to have my, as new wallpaper for my phone i think <laughs> thank, <laughs> thank you, you. That's a tiny little taster of the house plantiness of the Chelsea Flower Show. If you're wondering whether it's something you would like to go to in future years, I would say this. It's a wonderful event. It's in the centre of London. You have to bear in mind it's going to be incredibly busy and it's not the show for everyone. But the great thing is there are so many different shows by the RHS and others around the UK and indeed around the world that it's always possible to find a show that suits you, whether that be geographically or your style of gardening or just the kind of aesthetic that you like in a garden and indeed in houseplants. So I definitely would check out the Chelsea Flower Show if you get the chance to get your hands on a ticket. It is one of those events that you can tick off your bucket list if you have been. And it's interesting to see that houseplants are definitely moving up the rankings in terms of their exposure at Chelsea. This year, the whole of the RHS advice area of the Great Pavilion was covered in loads of really nice houseplants. I'll post a picture or two in the show notes, including two lovely 
tall variegated monsters. Although I did point out on my Instagram stories that I wondered if these might be a little bit more sparse by the end of the week if there was the odd houseplant fan there taking what uh, is known around my way as a 10 finger discount of a cutting or two. So it's a good development to see that houseplants are on the rise at Chelsea as well and I have recently become part of something called the RHS Advisory Group on Houseplants and Floristry. I think we're getting a slightly more groovy name at some point but that is a RHS committee which is aimed at improving the profile of indoor gardening and floristry amongst RHS members. So if you've got anything you'd like me to feed into that group in terms of what houseplants mean to you and how the RHS could do more to promote them, please do let me know. I'd be more than happy to pass on your thoughts to the great and the good of that particular RHS committee, which uh, also includes uh, former guests of the show, James Wong and Alice Vincent of Nauticulture. So I'm in good company there. Now it's time for question of the week, which came in on Instagram from Happabella, who recently discovered the podcast via her local plant shop, Cultivate Propagate, which is a Seattle-based shop where Pacific Northwest members recently met for their On The Ledge meetup. And she wanted to ask a question about her Pilea peperomioides. This is her first Pilea, so she's a little bit worried about it. Um, she's not sure how to treat a leafless stem. Does she trim it or leave it alone? And she sent a picture and clearly this particular stem has suffered from a decapitation. There's still, the stem's still there, but the leaf is well and truly gone. So what should she do? Well, Pilea peperomioides does have a tendency to lose its lower leaves as it grows taller. So you do end up in the end with a sort of a brown, sort of slightly scaly stem with a top knot of leaves on the top. You do see some expert growers of this plant who manage to keep all the lower leaves intact and it looks absolutely gorgeous. But for those mere mortals like you and me, the plant will lose a few lower leaves on its way through. So it's worth remembering that when you're thinking about what to do with any lower leaves that are looking a bit dodgy. Uh, in this case, it looks like there's mechanical damage. The leaf has been knocked off or bitten off by a pussycat or something has happened to that leaf. And the stem remaining, well, there's two schools of thought here. You could just leave it and wait until it's ready to naturally detach from the stem. The benefit here, of course, is that any, any resources that are left in the petiole, that's the stalk that joins the leaf to the main plant, uh, can then be reabsorbed by the plant and it will let that petiole go in its own fair time. The other school of thought is that really this isn't serving any purpose it doesn't look very attractive and you should just snip that petiole off with a sharp pair of scissors i am not sure i have a strong view either way it's really down to you Pabella, but i would probably grab hold of the stem with my fingers finger and thumb and give it a little wiggle and see if it comes away easily if not i would just leave it until it's ready to come away from the plant that way the plant chooses its own course of action uh, obviously if you think that there's any rot setting in or damage setting in as a result of that injury then it's definitely worth snipping away at the stalk with a pair of sterilized scissors you can just sterilize them by sticking them under a naked flame like 
the hob flame on your cooker um, or you can use a sterilizer like Citrox to sterilize the blades too. So that's probably your options Habibella but it looks like the rest of your plant is perfectly healthy and happy so don't worry too much and as I say most plants will lose their lower leaves at some point as they get older. As leaves get older they build up a whole set of toxins the plant wants to get rid of and so at some point the plant will jettison a few leaves just to keep the plant in balance and make sure that it can keep all its remaining leaves going strong. I hope that helps Habibella and I'm really glad that you found On The Ledge and hi to all of my listeners in the Seattle area and to Cultivate Propagate. If you've got a question for On The Ledge podcast, drop me a line to ontheledgepodcast at gmail.com. And that just about rounds up this week's show. One final thought before I go, much as I love the Chelsea Flower Show, you know what, there's nothing better than coming home to my own garden, both indoor and outdoor, because that really is the most special place to me. Wolfie, are you squeaking that blimmin' Christmas pudding toy in the background? (laughs) Oh well, uh, I'll leave that in because I know you love a bit of Wolfie action, but I will see you next week, fans. Take care. Bye. (laughs) That's one noisy dog. Music you heard in this week's episode was Roll Jordan Roll by the Joy Drops. A Man Plays Trekking Song on Fewa Lake Pakara by Samuel Corwin. And Oh Mallory by Josh Woodward. The ad music was Whistling Rufus and Dill Pickles, both by the Heftone Banjo Orchestra. All the music in the show is licensed under Creative Commons. See janeperot.com for details.